Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. So would you all stand and welcome Pastor Steve Smothers. Wow. Now for the rest of the story, I'll, no, I won't, I won't tell you the Chris Tomlin saga, but uh, it's Father's Day. Isn't that great? We, I want to tell you what, we have some incredible men in this church, some incredible, incredible fathers, and today, today I want to honor our fathers, and uh, there's something, Father's Day is kind of a difficult day for most people because it's, it's a mixed audience. Uh, each of you have had different experiences with your father, your personal father. And for some of you, I realize this is a tough day to honor your dad. I, I had an incredible dad. Um, I miss my dad. My dad's been gone now for nearly eight years. And uh, there are very few weeks that I don't think about my dad. And so for some of you, this is a day of celebration. And uh, it, it just is. It's a great day. All the memories that you have of your dad. Some, some of you here, it's a painful day, honestly, because there's memories of your past with your dad that brings about deep hurt and offense and, and just pain. Uh, there are some of you here that uh, have lost your dad in recent times. Um, Lisa is, her dad, two weeks ago, we were at our last picnic pool party as we were coming home we got message that uh, her dad had passed away and so there's some of you here that this is is the first uh, father's day without your dad on planet earth and it's a tough day for you I get that there's some of you here that uh, you long to be a father you really do you've been waiting you've been praying you've been hoping and there's some of you here who are new dads, and you can say, it's worth the wait, it's worth the hope, you know. And so there's this, there's this mixed group here, so it's, it's kind of hard to hit the target, but y'all pray for me. Hopefully I'll have a little something for everybody here. And if you would, uh, you don't have to turn your scripture, but here's what Paul says in Ephesians 6-2. He says, children, honor your father and your mother. It's the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. You know, I woke up early this morning with some thoughts about this. I just jotted down some ideas. And, and, and I can't think of anyone more honorable. I can't think of anything more honorable than being a father or a mother. And let me unpack that a little bit. I want you to think about this. Done in God's order, let me preface that. Done in God's order, a man and a woman come together in perfect union and oneness, and they enter into a love covenant that we call marriage. And this whole idea of marriage, it's God's idea, right? And so they... In this union and oneness, they procreate and they give birth to a human being. 
I want you to let that sink in. I mean, that's miraculous. Would you agree? We get excited about cute little babies. That's a human being with destiny and purpose that God has created that child to fulfill. Mom and dad came into agreement with God, joined in with God, created that baby. And then from that point on, they get to pour into that child and they get to display what it looks like to be fully alive in God through Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, that, that, that deserves a, an amen or an oh me or something. That really, mom and dads, we get to do that and to pour into our children and to know not only that, but that child is a one of a kind. Now, I've got twins, but can I tell you, they're one of a kind. They're different. And we get to pour into them, and the scripture talks about us training them up in the way they should uniquely go. You know, there is purpose and destiny that we get to release in and through our children as parents. And I can't think of anything more honorable than being a father, than being a a mother. Now, that was profound to me. I mean, that's what I woke up with this morning. I'm thinking, whoa, that's good. Maybe I'll preach something different. But I'm going to keep, keep on going here. So let me say this. In this church, I, I have never been a part of a church with so many quality men. I mean, incredible fathers. So, so we are blessed. I mean, we really, really, really are. I mean, this is about a family. We talk about being a family on mission. Can I tell you what, if we don't have spiritual fathers who pave the way, who protect and provide and walk with us and before us, then then it's a pretty weak family. It really is. And so 1 Corinthians 4, 15 says it this way. Paul said, it's a rare thing. It's a rare thing to have many spiritual fathers. Can I say, this is a rare thing to have as many spiritual fathers. He says, you know, you have many tutors, you have many teachers, you have many mentors, but there are not many spiritual fathers among you. And I, and I, I think that that's the heart cry of authentic fatherhood is, is what God is up to. First in revealing who he is truly to us and then revealing himself through spiritual fathers. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today. I think there's one thing that all fathers, man, can I talk to y'all for just a minute? I'm going to talk to the fathers, and then I'm going to talk to everyone who has a father. So that should get us all, right? Okay? Fathers, let me, let me say, we all have one thing in common, and that is we wonder, have I done enough as a father? But a little bit further than that, am I enough as a father? I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, there's, there's not, can I tell you, I've been a father now for 30, near, almost 33 years. And I'm just now starting to get my report card. Because my, my sons are now 
you know, at a place where they're having families and whatnot, and, they're, and some of it's like, well, you know, Dad, you could have probably done better on this, or, or, you know, wow, you did that, that's pretty good. You know, can I tell you, we look at our lives and, and there's regret. There is guilt. There's shame. Can I tell you, those are all schemes of an enemy who wants to take you off track of your real purpose and mission. And we begin to think about, well, gosh, I, I, I didn't meet up to the task. Maybe I didn't even show up at the task. There's regret. I traveled too much. I didn't make enough ball games. I didn't make enough ballets. I didn't make enough. I didn't, you know. Man, I handled that situation really poorly. Yeah, I let stress overwhelm me, and I let that boil over onto my precious children. I mean, you can fill in the blanks here. I misplaced priority. All of those things that, that lead us down that road of regret. You know, like I said, my dad was an incredible guy, but I'm sure my dad had regrets. I'm sure he had, I'm sure he wished he could do, have a do-over in some things. Can I tell you, we're going to get our eyes off of the past and we're going to live present future. Can I say that? God wants to do some things, I believe, this morning to propel men into their destiny and their future, no matter how old you are. Whether you've yet to really even step into manhood, maybe you're 16 years old and you're thinking, I'm going to get to be a man one day. I'm feeling like I'm a man right now. Can I tell you what? God really wants us to get it, and it's never too late. There's some of you here today, though, you have some incredible pain in your life. You have some offense in your life that you have clung on to. You're clinging on to it, and God is going to free you up to let it go this morning. I believe that, and I believe it's going to be a, a fresh start for a lot of people today is God is revealing, imparting, and releasing his Father heart to us and through us. So again, some of you have not had great fathers. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I, I want us to just look at a very familiar passage. I'm going to make some observations, and then we're just going to say, come Holy Spirit and do what only you can do. I'm, I'll tip it off a little bit. At the end of the service, I've asked a few men, several men to come, and they're going to stand right here, four or so on this side, four or so on this side, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to impart the love of the Father to you. You know, you know, one of the things, that, and I, I got a picture of it this morning, and then one of the ladies praying, uh, I mean, that was her prayer. She said, I just see men, fathers, embracing people and imparting the love of our Heavenly Father. Can I tell you, there, probably most of us in this room, what we really need is just a hug from a father to say, you know what, I love you, and whatever you're going through, it's going to be all right. There, there are many of us who've never heard that. And this morning, you're going to get an opportunity to, to receive the Father's embrace, the Father's love. We're also going to have some prayer teams available to help you be free of the fences, offenses that you are clinging on to. Can I tell you, unforgiveness is a dreaded disease. It's a dis-ease. 
It makes you uneasy. It makes you unnatural. It makes you unfree. It makes you in bondage. And God wants to release us from a lot of stuff, I believe, this morning. So uh, let's take a look. If you Actually, we're going to put it on the overhead uh, of the scripture here. We're going to take a look at a very familiar passage in Luke chapter 15. And most of the time we talk, we refer to it as the uh, prodigal son story. Can I tell you, this story is really not about... Um, about the prodigal son, it really is about the love of the Father that is a picture to us, not only the love of our Heavenly Father, but the love that is possible for us men to express. Because it's even though it's, this is before Jesus went to the cross, his message is so strong in this parable, it's a picture of life on the right side of the cross. It's a picture of new covenant fathering. How many of you would say, yeah, I don't know, I, I didn't get great uh, examples of fathering growing up. Can I give you a really good one this morning? Let's look at the, the father's heart. I'm going to make some observations. We'll kind of break it up. It starts out and kind of gives us the context. Jesus is surrounded by a group of tax collectors and sinners. They're gathered around him Verse 2, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So you've got on one side, you've got the, the tax collectors, the sinners, the outcast of society. On the other side, you have all the religious leaders. And Jesus is going to make pretty clear the application of his parable here pretty soon. Verse 3 says, then Jesus told them this parable. Let's go to verse 11. Jesus continues, he says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of this state. So he divided his property between them. You, you're familiar with this story. It's a story of a young man coming to his dad and saying, Dad, I can't live in this house one day longer. I want my inheritance. I want what's coming to me. I want you to give it to me, and then I'm out of here. It's a story about sibling rivalry. There's, you've got one son over here who is, he's a rebel. He's out doing his own thing. He's just kind of a, a, a foolish rebel. You've got the other son who is a religious rule keeper, Right? And they don't see eye to eye. They don't get along. And the younger son is essentially telling his dad, Dad, I, I don't know about the way you're running things around here. I'm, just cut me loose, and I'll be free to do things the way I want to do them. Okay? It's interesting. The, the younger son would have got a third of the estate. The older son would have gotten two-thirds of the estate. The son, the, the father gives the property, divides his property between them right then and there. Okay, make note of that. Now, let's go to the, the next passage here, and I'm going to make an observation about it. it. says, so he tells the story, and you're familiar. It says, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, all that he had inherited, all of the money, all the possessions, all the stuff, and he heads to the distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. He spent everything. He's broke. He doesn't have anything. He's gotten a third of all of his daddy's estate. 
And now he doesn't have anything. He says, and severe famine came to that whole country, and he began to be in need. How many of you made some, some unwise choices in your life that landed you in the far country, in the distant country? He says he starts to get hungry. I mean, he doesn't have anything. And so where does he end up? He began to be in need. He went and he hired himself out as a, to a citizen of that country, a Gentile in that far country, far away from all of his Jewish roots, his family. And he says he was sent to the fields to feed the pigs. No greater disgrace for a young Jewish man than to feed swine. Let's uh, continue on here. And so he longed. His stomach got the better of him. He got hungry. And he said, man, I, I wish I just could eat what the pigs are eating. No one gave him anything. Can I tell you, our freedom, apart from the oversight of our Heavenly Father, is not freedom at all. It's bondage. He has gotten away from his Father, and he's living there. And can I tell you what? The world will not treat you with the grace of your heavenly Father. I mean, he's out there and he's thinking, as long as he had a lot of cash money in his pockets, you know, I mean, he, everybody wanted to be around this young guy. But the minute it ran out and he's broke, he's ended up in a pig pen eating pig slop. Continues on, he says, when he came to his senses, you know, I'm going to make some application of this here in just a little bit here. But you know what our Father is waiting for, our Heavenly Father? For us to come to our senses. Earthly fathers, this is going to be great for you. If you will release your child unto the Lord and trust Him totally with the Holy Spirit, when He comes to His senses, everything will change. If you try to modify behavior of a young man apart from the Spirit of God, you know what you'll get? You might get momentary change, but you'll end up getting a rebellious heart. And so he said, he comes to his senses, he says, how many of my father's hired servants have more food than this? They, they have food left over, and here I am starving to death. You know, I used to teach this like, well, you know, he's, he, he came to his senses and he repented. I don't think he repented right there. He was just hungry. He just saw that things were better back home but I don't think there's a lot of heart change going on here. Go ahead and give me the next couple of verses here. And see, he said, I'm going to go back to my father and say to him, Father, he's planning his, his speech out. I, I've sinned against you, against heaven, and I'm no longer even worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. First observation is this. That the father's love doesn't manipulate or control. See, I think a lot of times, and I, I, can I confess, I've got two sons here to, to prove it. I've been in ministry virtually all of my life, and so I've, I've kind of been in the spotlight, but my kids have been in the spotlight too. And there's been this temptation for me to want my kids to do right, to look right, because it reflects on me. Man, that's pretty selfish, See, at the end of the day, the Father's love does not manipulate, but it trusts the Holy Spirit to do His work in the lives of each individual change, train up a child in the way He should go. 
And when he's older, he won't depart from it. It's trusting in such a way. And so when you're under stress, when you're striving, you're most prone to manipulate and control. When you're not in the flow of the Holy Spirit, you're most prone to work your plan. Hello? And so what we're talking about is how do you parent by grace? How do you trust God in every situation here? Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Now, I've got four sons, and every one of them are very, very different. I've got two of them here today. They're, they're, they're sitting far apart from one another. These two are actually a whole lot alike, okay? I've got, I've got one son who's he is a, he's a rural keeper. I won't tell you which one it is. I will say it's neither one of these. <laughs> and then I, have, then I have three sons that are rule breakers. Okay? So, and I won't tell you which one I am, except I'm not the first. Okay? And so I can relate to all of my children at various levels in various ways because we're very different in the way we're wired up. There, there's some of us that are just drawn to keeping laws and rules, and I'm so grateful for those people who become law enforcement people because we need them, right? But can I tell you what? The way the kingdom of God works, it's very, very different. It's an upside-down kingdom where the kingdom of God is built on dependence on the love of the Father and releasing the love of the Father through us to our kids. And so the fathers, a father must trust in the working of the Holy Spirit in the unique way that he works through each child. It's, it's tempting to go the way of behavior modification. Several years ago, uh, probably 35 years ago, a lot of years ago, I was, at a, I, was, I was a youth minister. That was a long time ago. And I'm working with youth in this group in, in um, another city here in Texas. And, and I remember being so impressed. I mean, these kids were like, cookie-cutter clone, everybody's short hair and looked nice, sharp, you know, knew all the Bible answers, did everything right, you know, just really sharp group here. You like, you like to have those kids in your group, Koi. They've been, you know. The only problem is, 35 years later now, the report card has come in, and sadly, most of those kids are not following Jesus any longer. Their behavior was modified. They were doing all the right stuff, but their heart wasn't changed. It wasn't transformed. And I'm telling you, parents, that is the way that we have grown up with learning how to parent, is what do things look like on the outside? But can I tell you what? Man looks at the outside, but God's looking at the heart of our children. It's much better to have them show their stuff as they're growing up and instead of going and living like crazy in the world after you have no voice in their life. So that's, that's all free. I'm just kind of making this up as I go. So um, fathers, we're called to be protectors, right? We're called to be providers. But can I tell you, that's just the tip of the iceberg. 
fortunately, in the time I grew up, that was just it. We're, we're protectors and providers. That's what we do. And Galatians 3 says that works out pretty good for somebody who doesn't know Jesus. It's a good thing to have the law, rules, regulations, instructions. Because when you have a, a young child, the law acts like a nanny or a guardian, Paul says. And so, you know, you don't want your kids to get run over in the street, so you tell them when they're little, hey, look, here's the plate, you can't go past this right here. But can I tell you what, as they grow up, your appeal must be to the Spirit of God in them. Because that, that verse goes on in, in uh, Galatians 3, and it says that the law is given until the time Christ comes and faith comes. The law is just a placeholder until we can know who Jesus really is, what he did for us and his spirit living in and through us. So the end game of parenting our kids is Jesus in the life of his spirit. It's not them looking good on the outside. And can I tell you what? You, parents, look at myself here, you are not their safety. The safest place in the world for them is in the arms of Jesus and his spirit. It really is. Fully alive in God through Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that's what it is. That's, that's the end game of this thing. So, um, wow, a lot to say here. Can I just say parenting is not for wimps? It's not. It's not. And, and so Paul says it this way, fathers... My version, don't manipulate, don't control, because it will exasperate your kids. I like how the message says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. That's good, isn't it, isn't it Archie? It's a better than the way we grew up with, isn't it? Jesus is the only one who can change the hearts of people by his spirit. Let's keep reading here. Pop, pop that back up there. Verse 21, 20. So the young man gets up and he goes to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him was filled with compassion. Everybody say, filled with compassion. He was filled with compassion for his son. He ran to his son. Only time in the entire scripture you'll see God running he runs to his son, throws his arms around him, and begins to kiss him. That is the father heart of God right there. The son said to him, Father, I, I've sinned against heaven, against you. And I mean, he's just continuing on with his story. And, and the, the second observation here is, is that the father's love is filled with compassion. Can I, what, is, what does that word compassion mean? Come is together, passion, struggle. Together we struggle. You know, what, you know what our kids need to know more than anything is that we'll struggle with them. We will wrestle with them. We'll be there for them. When they're going through pain, it hurts us too. Can you imagine the hurt in the father? I don't know how long the, the son went to the, the far country, but the pain that was there. And the father gives care and comfort to his son He's there for him. He wrestles alongside with him. Y'all are going to have to listen quicker. Let's go to the next one. 
Is that, is that where we're at? We're verse 22. All right. The father said to his servants, quick, quick, get the best robe, put it on him, get a ring, put it on his finger, sandals on his feet. Get that big calf that we've been holding in, in, in the stall there. Kill it. Let's have a big barbecue, a feast and celebration because resurrection has come. The son of mine who was dead, he's alive. He was lost, but he's found. So they went and they began to celebrate. How many, how many of you like this story? Is this like the best story in the, ever? I mean, I, I just, I mean, we've all, we've heard it, right? There's probably not anyone in here who's, if you've ever been in church in your life, you've probably heard this story. But it's great every single time we hear it, isn't it? Because he says, the Father's love calls out our truest identity. Even when we are stinking like pig slop all over us and hair disheveled and, and been living in the far country, probably all skinny and emaciated, hadn't eaten anything but pig slop, and, and the father looks at him and he says, go get the best robe. Put it on him. This is my son, sonship. He says, he says special honor. And he says, go get a signet ring. Put it on his hand. He has right of attorney. He can buy and sell anything in the family. Get him some sandals because only slaves are barefooted. This is my son. He's being fully restored. You know, we, we talked about this, that Jesus is the king of kings. He's not the king of servants. He's not the king of slaves. He's the king of kings. And the father is saying, listen, I'm the king of kings. You're a king, you're royalty. Let's treat you like, let's have a big feast. Invite everybody. I want everybody to know that you're back, you're redeemed, you're restored, you're fully in. Because that's who you are, son. You're not pig boy. You're not a pig slopper. You're not whatever the world has told you you are. You're not a runaway. You're not a traitor. Can I tell you, that's what the enemy's told so many of us here. We've looked at our lives, we've looked at our choices, we've looked at our behavior, and we feel like all of that stuff. It's because we've never heard the Father's voice. Saying, son, because of what my son has done for you on the cross, it is finished. It's a finished work. It's done. You don't have to do one thing except as Joel said, receive and embrace. Just, just say, yes, I receive my truest identity in Christ. That's what the picture is here. And so he, he loves him. And he says, man, look, you, you've been raised from the dead. Huh? You're a new creation, son. The hold is past. Right? I'm preaching the other side of the cross now. Jesus is teeing it all. He's teeing this thing up so that when he goes to the cross, everybody go, oh, that's what he was talking about. And can I tell you, everybody who saw the cross through the eyes of, of Paul with the Jesus lens got it, but those who were outside the, the religious establishment, they went, what, what's, what's the big deal? Can I tell you, it, it requires... Revelation. The work is finished. Jesus has done it. But 
We've got to get revelation of that reality so that we can accept the identity that is truly ours. Amen? And that, parents, moms and dads, that's what we've got to give to our kids. That's the inheritance that we've got to pass on to them. So let's read the last part here. Meanwhile, you know this part, the older brother, the rule keeper, was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called out to one of the servants and said, ask him, well, what's going on? Oh, your brother, he, he's come. Your dad's killed the fattened calf because he has, has him back safe and sound. Isn't it amazing? Even the world, even the servants, even the people that are not directly sons get the goodness of God. And he says, oh man, your dad, he is so extravagantly relentless in his love. We're partying in there. I mean, come on, man. This, this is awesome. There's, there's, a, there's a party going on. I want you to get this. The Father's love. Let's keep on reading. Let's, let's read the last part. Two more verses. So the older brother became angry. He refused to go in. But his father went out and pleaded with him. He answered his father, look, all these years, all these years, apparently the boy was gone for a while, all these years I've been slaving for you, Dad, trying to please you, trying to make you happy. That's my part. Never disobeyed any of your, I kept all the rules. Yet you never even gave me a, a little goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who squandered all his property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. One observation about the father's love. The father's love pleads for true harmony. He goes out to the older brother and he says, Son, please come in. Come into the family. You're part of the family. You could have partied any time you wanted to. It's all grace. It's all yours. Come on in and rejoice with your brother. The rules have changed. It never has been about rules. Lay your rules down. Come in and party. It's all about grace. It's all about the finished work of the cross. It's all about what? has been done for you. See, the father knew that. The father in his generosity and his grace, he knew that and he's pleading for harmony. In fact, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, probably I quote this about every third sermon, it says this, 5.19, God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself. Not just good people, not just Christian people, they didn't exist yet. Not, not just whatever you think is ought to be acceptable, but the whole world. He made it possible for everybody to come in and to feast and enjoy the Father's love. Because it was the Father in Christ who was doing the reconciling of the whole world. Can I say this, that our 
unforgiveness is a terrible disease. You know, what, what, whether you see yourself in whatever sun, it really doesn't matter. The issue is forgiveness will cripple us. It's paralyzing. And so the older brother is clinging on in his mindset of the old covenant, he's clinging on to his offense. I mean, he's been offended for a long time. He didn't just get offended. It just got exposed. And the father is saying, look, son, lay it all down. Unclench your fingers. Just lay it down. Well, I want you to see this, this last part here. The father's, the father's love. He says, son, you're, everything, everything's always been yours. We just need to celebrate and be glad because your brother was dead. He's alive. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, the Father's love can only be offered. It can only be offered to us, but it can never be imposed. There's a choice to be made. The work has been finished, but it's our choice to embrace it, to receive it, and to say, I step in to grace. I'm going to ask if our fathers, I, I ask about a eight, or eight or nine, ten fathers, to come and, and be available this morning. If that's you, just come. We're, let's put about four on this side and four on this side. I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask if our worship team would, would come on up. I want to share one last scripture with you that, that's kind of been wrecking me for the last several weeks. And uh, can we put that up here? It's in John 20. Look at this. this. I mean, this is, this is like Jesus' very first New Covenant message. I mean, this is resurrection evening. And so he, he comes into the room, he just walks right into the room through the door that, you know, anyway, he's just being Jesus. And he, he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm, I'm sending you. I'm commissioning you to do something. And then he says, here's what it is. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. He says, that's, that's the first thing. This new covenant is about a spirit coming to live inside of you. Receive it. And they did. They, yeah. Can I tell you what? First step, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I mean, he's available because of what Jesus did. You don't have to do anything except say, yes, I'll have some more, please. The second thing he says is this. If, and this is the part that's been wrecking me, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. If you read that through old covenant eyes, you'll miss the point. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, look, if you've, forgiveness was the other earmark of of the new covenant that when Jesus went to the cross God reconciled the entire world everyone who would say yes and receive the Holy Spirit is, is forgiven he said so listen you get to be my ambassadors of this incredible news of forgiveness and freedom he's saying but 
you can no longer cling on to your offense because you will bind yourself up and you will bind your offender up. But if you will release, that's what forgiveness means. If you'll release that person, you'll be free. And guess what? You will show your offender a way of the kingdom of God that is so amazingly different than anything they've ever imagined that it will free them up to come into the kingdom of God. There's some of you here today that you have deep offense and, and, and you have all the right in the world, in the way of the world, to be offended with your father, with it could be whomever. But can I tell you, the way of the kingdom is to unclench your fist and to release forgiveness. So I'm going to, our time of ministry is pretty simple. I'm going to ask if our prayer folks would come and join us up here. Pretty soon we're going to have more people up here than we are out there. But that's okay, we'll do it one-to-one, it'd be great. And this morning, as, as we close our time together, I want to give you a couple, a couple of opportunities here. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I would just like the embrace of the love of the Father. And man, I'm just going to ask you, you're primarily here to hug people with the love of the Father. And if you must, use words. As the Lord gives you a word, give the person a word. Our prayer people are here. They're available. If there's something that you just need to release that you've been carrying too long, the Lord says there's, there's freedom. So let's stand together. And Father, I just speak blessing, just a release, a profound blessing in this place. I, I pray <coughs> profound revelation, God, that would allow us to embrace the goodness of the Father's heart and the grace of Jesus' finished work of the cross. Father, just release your heart's love to us and forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen.